Hello, everybody. This is episode nine of the Pod People. Yes, it is. Yeah. And today we watched Shakes the Clown. We did. We did watch Shakes the yeah. Clown. And what was the uh, what was the budget on Shakes the Clown? Uh, the uh, well, okay, it was released on March thirteenth, nineteen ninety two. Ninety two. The budget was one point four million. And Low the, budget film. Yeah. The gross USA. Wow, bad. $155,103. Yeah, it was very poorly received. That's bad. That's, yeah. that's like a bomb. Yes, that's, it, it only made like a tenth back. Dang, wow. man. It's, that sounds like a bomb to me. And yeah, I can see it because it seems like it'd be a No, it movie. is. It's an interesting film because the the funny parts are very funny, but the low parts are very low. There's mm. there's it's, it's not a consistent film. Uh, I think it suffers from, from rather... Um, I think the director just let it go. Like, he didn't really have a... I think it was Bobcat. I think it was the... Oh, Shakes. yeah. Anyway, so um, Shakes the Clown is about an alcoholic clown named Shakes. He's played by a... I, won't, I hope I'm pronouncing this right. Bobcat Goldthwap. He played... Uh, the, the thing that people might know him best for is he was uh, pain of pain and panic <laughs> in the Disney Hercules. <laughs> That's probably the thing that, like, you know, you guys would know him from. Like, you know, your, your layman off the street. He was a... Well, he is a comedian. Yeah. Um, he's... Um, he kind of had his his moments back in the '90s. That was his his golden years, more or less. And this was this was his film that uh, he got to make and direct and, and star in, and it, it did not do well. But uh, I suggested this film because we have a budding clown among us. <laughs> yes, we do. I wasn't gonna say names, but the nervous laughter pretty much gave it away. <laughs> so it was perfect. Oh, man. I didn't even think that was going to get brought up. One of us is down to clown. I, I don't even know why I didn't think that would get brought up. <laughs> when I didn't think of Well, there's a clown. He's kind of, that's not I my guess first that's thought. true. So, um, the I'm, I'm going to fly through the movie summary today because there's a lot to unpack. Yeah. Um, so, we open up and... and Florence Henderson's getting her stuff together from yeah. from Brady Blunt Bunch. She's uh, <laughs> Mrs. Brady herself. Yeah. That this is our first big cameo in the film. There's there's a bunch of of bit parts for for large name actors and actresses from. How was her uh, trajectory back then? Like in 1992, was she? She's she's always been doing okay. I don't think she's ever she's ever had. I mean, you know, her the thing that she's remembered for most is is Miss Brady. Yeah, yeah of course. Um, but she she's had a pretty stable career as far as I know. I don't think she was ever you know down and out. But yeah. I think I think it was just a joke turning her her yeah. beloved family thing on its head because her apartment's a wreck and. Shakes a clown. He's passed out on the ground. You know, he gets peed on by a kid. He's late for his next show. He stumbles to that one. He gets, uh, he slaps up the dude yeah, that that hired funny. him for the next show. But we, we find out he's a really good clown, actually. Yeah, good he, birthday party clown. Yeah. yeah, he can he can juggle. He can handstand to the point where after abusing the father that hired him, he's won him over. He's, yeah. he's smiling at the end of it. So this is he's a good clown. He's really good at his job problem is he's a drunk yeah you know he he doesn't treat his girlfriend well he's not abusive he's negligent yeah. he doesn't really you know he's off getting drunk and chasing women you know it doesn't really matter to him 
you know what what's going on in in her life it's not a priority for him yeah and he's got a bunch of friends that that stand by him some some other clowns um dink and uh i I have it written down i have it written down it is uh stenchy he's the one that dresses like the woman yeah so dink is played by a very young adam sandler yeah you know didn't notice that until later pre pre pre-sell out adam sandler and uh, <laughs> you're telling me, man. Oh, man. But yeah, Shakes spends the film just being belligerent and doing fun clown stuff. Yeah. Uh, and eventually, uh, his his rival cr- clown, uh, Binky. Binky. Binky, yeah. played by Tom Kenny, who would uh, later go on to voice SpongeBob. Well, amongst other things, that guy. Yeah. He's in a lot. <laughs> He's done some stuff, but um, it's interesting seeing him. In this one, he's a human, right? <laughs> <laughs> just a regular guy. Yeah, yeah. and uh, so Binky, he's evil. Oh, yeah, know, they got some shots of him in this movie that are more sinister than the Joker's ever look. Like there are some they they frame him and they light him um, in some fascinating ways sometimes. That he is he is a crazy maniacal evil clown. Yeah, definitely. Um, we see throughout the film that he um, like he punches his his henchman more or less yeah uh in the balls and then he makes him eat pretzels and when he puts a pretzel on the tongue of one of them he says body of binky amen you know he's he's self-obsessed he's narcissistic he's sadistic he's just a messed up guy yeah Yeah. and that's our rival and he is doing he does some cocaine in a room with some rodeo clowns and Shake's boss finds him that way, and he murders his boss. Yeah. Binky murders Shake's boss. Cold blood. Yeah. Just murders hum- him with, uh, and and now now Shake's is framed for murder. Yeah, because he uses Shake's. Uh, he uses Shake's pin. juggling pin that has his name on it, so yeah. his name is engraved in his boss's head, and Shake's is on the run, and that's that's essentially the very loose plot of this film. Yeah. More or less. Um, at the beginning, it's just a clown struggling with alcoholism, and then there's the murder plot. And then at the end, it all gets resolved in a nice little bow, you know, all happy ending and whatnot. Yeah. Shakes get his, his TV show. He's, he's in, uh, he's in uh, Alcoholics Anonymous. Yeah. I almost called it AAA. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's AA. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, so. Yeah. Um, so that's how it all wraps up. But um, I'd like to talk about why... This movie is worth watching, despite not being a good movie, in my opinion. Because wow. I think I think this movie was is very very poor overall. I don't think it's a it's a good film, and in some points, it's actually hard for me to watch. I feel like the camera work and the lighting, and I understand they're trying to make it look down and and gritty and dirty and filthy and unappealing, but sometimes it just looks like urine. And some of the shots in the bar just make me uncomfortable to look at just because they're so unappealing. Yeah. Some of the, a lot of the shots are super claustrophobic. It makes me think that they didn't have room to film and not that they were going for any particular style. And a lot, a lot of the dialogue seems completely ad-libbed. Just like the actors were making up their motions or their actions or their lines on the fly. And um, the director says, yeah, that seems good. And then it seems like something you would panic at during the editing. Like it's funny in person and you see it, but then when it all comes together, you just... what am I going to do? Yeah, you (laughs) just realize you have a lot of stuff that you can't really 
really sort out, but today I'd like to present why I feel like despite its many, many, many negative features, it's worth seeing at least once. Like, there's enough in it to justify a single viewing. At least. This is the second time I've seen it. It was just as entertaining for me as the first time I've seen it. Um, I have a ball with it, but it's it's not necessarily going to be for everyone. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. So, um, let's talk about Shakes for a while. Shakes. Just the, the you guy. know, the man behind the makeup. Yeah. During his his introduction, he's peed on the face by a young child. He, he stumbles out. He... He's smoking a cigarette that explodes in his face, and he spends half this film completely wasted. Com- if if there's a shot, if there's not a shot of him drinking, there's a shot of him hungover, and a lot of times it's both. Um, but he is an excellent clown, and we find out that part of the reason he's so drunk all the time is because his father was a very good clown, and he yeah. watched him get trampled by an elephant. What's his dad's name? Lippy. Right? Lippy the Lippy. clown. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, I'd, I'd like to talk about why I think his character, you know, is worth redeeming. Because he is a, he's a terrible drunk. Yeah. But, um, so he, he tries to make up with his girlfriend. He tries to pick her flowers. He tries to, to, he gets hit by a car, maybe on accident, maybe not, to, <laughs> you know, try to gain some sympathy. Yeah. Uh, we don't know. Before the uh, the milk truck that hit him, you know, the guy who's driving the milk truck tries to hit on his girlfriend and, and kicks the clown when he's down and whatnot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was. He can he can scale walls. He's almost supernatural in his ability to yeah, climb he's like and jump crazy around. Crazy agile. Yeah. yeah. He's ridiculously acrobatic. It's yeah. like assassins clowns. He's hopping, <laughs> oh, yeah. climbing the buildings and flipping around and whatnot. That's and it's really just kind of a, it's kind of an interesting character. And and a good set of skills, and you wonder how far he could go if he wasn't an alcoholic. Yeah. Because he has yeah. the skill set, and, and he he's has, a good clown. Yeah. Yeah. He has he has his his power. He has the things he can do. Yeah. And he's very entertaining. Children love him yeah. when he's at the top of his game. We only see it once, I think, in the film, and then again at the end, mm-hmm. yeah. where he's truly entertaining children. But when he does, he turns a very bland, boring party into a, a whole heap of fun. Yeah. He's a he's a decent party clown. Yeah. Yeah. But then um, one of the things it's it's not all like a fun lighthearted romp at times. There's a part halfway through the film yes. where they decide to get shakes sober. Yeah. And it's completely it's done completely straight. They're they're in a car and he's throwing up on himself and he needs a drink. He's sweating. He's going through alcohol withdrawals, and he's having a terrible time. His friends are trying to help him get through his his uh his time of alcohol withdrawals yeah because he's hurting he's sweating he's in pain everything everything's on fire it seems like mm-hmm. and um why <laughs> sorry i swallowed something oh, all right i was like dude you got it. <laughs> yeah i'm okay you held a lot at the place today yeah so, anyway that's what editing's for yeah yeah, I got it. Not that edit everything, you. man. We can be bad. That's all right. <laughs> no, I know. So, um, so yeah, I wonder how good he would be if he didn't have have those limits. And I find myself rooting for him sometimes, and other times I just want him to shape up. 
Yeah, like but, get it together, man. <laughs> yeah. But my my favorite type of characters for some, I don't know why, in all media are are the hopeless ones. For some reason, I latch on to a hopeless character, and I just I just want them to be happy. Yeah. These include like Vegeta from Dragon Ball Z. Like I'd be happy if he just beat Goku one of these days, but he he won't. He's just on his straight line. He's stuck in his delusions. And he's never going to reach that thing. I don't know. I haven't watched Dragon Ball Super or whatever's coming after it. You know, maybe he has. I have no clue. But another one, uh, Dr. Venture from the Venture Brothers. Complete failure all the time. Stuck in his delusions, moving forward, just failing at everything. I, I love him. I just want him to be happy. And Shakes, he's, he, he triggers that in me. That feeling of... There's a person down there that's capable of doing whatever they want to do, but they can't get over their own shit to get it done. Yeah. And I gravitate towards Shakes the Clown because of that. Yeah. And I root for Shakes the Clown because of that. And it's gratifying for me to see him at the end of the film in a good position. He, yeah. He might not be there yet, but he's getting there. Yeah. You know, he's he's, he's changed his mindset. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So... Um, I'd like to talk about the supporting cast for a little while. You got, uh, what's his name? Um, Adam Sandler's... Dink. Dink. I, I want to say Binky, but I know that's the yeah, bad guy. Yeah, he's the bad guy. You got Dink, Dink and... Stenchy. Stenchy. Stenchy dresses like a girl. Which is fantastic. Yeah, he's, um, he's got a big old beard and a cigar. He's a rough and tumble guy. Um, was it Blake Sheldon? I think that's what you said, yeah. Yeah. So uh, he's collaborated later with Adam Sandler, but I don't I don't know him as an actor. I don't. He's not somebody I can I can pull out of my encyclopedia. Yeah. To know, but um, I don't watch a lot of Adam Sandler. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's in like a, he's like in Fifty First Dates, and he's like the bum in like uh, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. You know, like stuff like that. Yeah. I haven't seen either of those. Yeah. The, uh, he's the witness of the anyway. Yeah. You know, this might be a bit of a tangent, but speaking of like people i feel like should be redeemed at some point i've seen adam sandler do good dude his early stuff was good. like like punch drunk love oh man isn't that so great, great movie it's probably his best movie yeah and i love i love happy gilmore that's my favorite movie yeah and i'll, I'll tolerate the water boy uh-huh. i don't think it's fantastic but i'll tolerate it and as far as you know sappy romantic comedies go i think he did a fantastic job in the wedding singer yeah <laughs> but um i don't know I don't know where that went or why. Because uh, of money. <laughs> well, I don't think it's just money. It's like I think he goes on vacation. I guess. And wherever he goes on vacation, he makes a movie to like you yeah. know <laughs> to pay for the vacation. <laughs> and that's he gets a lot of uh, a lot of big name actors. I've heard to be in his bad movies. I've heard because um, it's just fun. You know, they yeah. they get to go there. They get to have some fun. They get paid for it, yeah. and that's that. Yeah. And you know what? A, a part of me can respect that. Absolutely. But then another part of me, as somebody that you know watches film and does a lot of movies, is is very sickened by that. So yeah. I, <laughs> I can see both sides of it. I can see people just goofing around and having a good time and getting the bill footed. I understand yeah. that. I mean, I've never done government work, but I can understand the concept. But um, anyway, enough on Adam Sandler. He's done good work. And yeah. I believe he can do good work again. Yeah. Perhaps like Shakes the Clown, he too will rise from the ashes. You never know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Did, you, did Adam Sandler do good work in this one? I think he showed up. He didn't do anything that particularly was um, annoying or bad. He just played a good supporting character. He was just there when we needed him there. He, um, he balances Stenchy a little bit. 
Yeah. Because uh, Dink, he's Adam Sandler's character. He's quiet and he's reserved and he's kind of afraid of women, we find out. Um, yeah, he's just good. he's just kind of in the background, just being a good friend yeah. for the most part. Meanwhile, Stenchy's a bit more forceful, a bit more pushy. Yeah. And um, they're both just kind of looking out for, sha- for shakes throughout the film. Yeah. And they do doubt him a little bit when he's framed, but they come around. Yeah. Which, I think if we all found out our best friend murdered somebody and it was that cut and dry, you know, we might need a little convincing before we just jump back on the friend rat wagon. I wouldn't. I know your friendship only extends to misdemeanors. You've said that many <laughs> times. <laughs> for the right friend, Fair I'd go point. felony, but that has to be the right person for yeah. the right reasons. Or super cute chick. <laughs> 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 Once again. Yeah, uh, I know. <laughs> your, your capacity for friendship <laughs> just floors me every time. Uh, and then we have have our female supporting characters. We have uh, Judy and Kathy Griffith. I, I don't remember her name. I don't remember. I don't think. I think they might have said it once or twice, but I didn't really hear it. Um. Kathy Griffith, uh, she's trying to be a cook. Very minor subplot. Yeah. Uh, just hates men in general, which I'm fine with that. It's kind of understated. Her, She doesn't have that much of a character. I think she's just somebody for Judy to talk to throughout yeah. the film. Um, this film's peppered with, uh, with I think, uh, Bobcat's just co- comedic friends. You know, he just got the people in his comedy circles to show up. Makes sense. And just be there. Um, which comes in later in the mime school which is amazing oh, he, oh my god so there's an excellent cameo parts. later in the film that yeah. i'll get to but um and then we have judy judy has a, a bit of a speech impediment um can't really say ours yeah. that well instead of saying pro she'll say pro yes. and just throughout the film she she can't speak right but uh she's She's alluring. She's attractive in the circles that these clowns go into. And she's also trying to become a professional bowler, which also makes her very more attractive to the people in her life because, you know, woman that can bowl, that's a rare commodity. Mm-hmm. No, you don't see that a lot. No, in fact, as uh, Kathy Griffith tells her, that, you know, a female bowler can have every man, any man she wants. Mm-hmm. This might be true. I wouldn't know. I've never run afoul of a female bowler to ask. I don't know. I've known, you know, females that work in bowling alleys, and they seem to do pretty well for themselves. Yeah. I don't know. Say. That's, uh, Can't help you there. <laughs> well, I hope she so. So that's that's pretty much our main cast. There's also there's also uh, Cheese. Mr. Cheese. Owen Cheese. Owen Cheese. Mr. Cheese. Great name. And anyway. he strikes me. As an old-timey showman, he has a he has very few moments in the movie. He shows up and he does a little magic trick, which is cute and fun. But he's he's the big cheese, more or less. He runs this this clown town. He's the guy that arranges where everybody works for him, as far as I can tell. And the only reason I say that we only know that two people work for him for certain. We know that Shakes works for him, and we know that Binky works for him. But between those two, 
you'd think everyone would work for him because if if the two polar opposite people that hate each other's guts with a, with a burning passion work for the same guy, I think that means everybody's working for him because yeah. otherwise you'd find a rival clown agency, I suppose. Yeah. But this is just... Uh, I don't know. It's just my assumption. Yeah. yeah. They've been reading too deep into it. But I assume he's the big cheese of the town. He's like the manager for mm -hmm. everybody. And then our villains. I talked a little bit earlier about uh, about Binky. And um, he has his two clown companions, which are basically there just to be there. They don't do yeah. a lot. They're comic relief, more or less. They're, they're, they just, they're my least favorite characters in the film. They just do stupid stuff. Yeah. They just laugh and, and giggle and be afraid and do stupid things and try to work. But I, they're, they're the weakest part of this film for me and the cause of probably the most annoyance for me in this, in this movie. Yeah. yeah I, didn't like, I wasn't too big of a fan. And um, that's, that's more or less the, the big characters in the movie. There, there are two cops that are in it yeah. from time to time. And they have some kind of banter, but I don't find them particularly interesting or compelling but uh, they do have some fun back and forth but yeah. um, they're you gotta take them as they come sometimes I find them really annoying and other times um, other times I enjoy them but yeah. the whole the whole movie the whole pacing kind of shakes up that way just every every scene you have to take as it comes it's either just kind of pointless and odd and strange and a little disgusting or it's really funny yeah and yeah. and that's basically your options going further in this film uh, and now I'd like to get to the reason that I really love this film which is the world this film takes place in this is the reason that um, this movie has sticking power for me because the plot is this town is occupied by clowns mostly yeah. Everybody's a clown, more or less. All the working stiffs, they go to a bar called the Twisted Balloon. We got a guy on stilts leaning outside of it on the side like he's about to throw up. There's, there's a lot of fun little elements like that in a, in a clown town. So in this, in this clown town, they have their clown bar filled with drunk, out-of-their-luck clowns, all just kind of... Everybody's a clown. Yeah, milling around and unhappy. So we have this, these birthday clowns. Then on the other side of the town, we have the rodeo clowns. And the birthday clowns don't get along with the rodeo clowns. They're two completely separate worlds, completely different cliques. Yep. You know, two, two worlds that'll never meet. And then, about halfway through the film, the clowns run afoul of some mimes. Which is the funniest part of this movie to me. When they run into the mimes, because we find out instantly that the clowns and the mimes have a long-running feud. Yeah. That goes back age eternal. And I never would have imagined a clown-mime feud. It makes perfect sense when you're watching the film. Yeah. It's a beautiful little piece of comedy. It's a great part of the world. There's a city with clowns. They feud with the mimes. I just love... Makes sense. I just love that there are war, warring factions of makeup performers in this city that don't get along, and it strikes me kind of like you know everybody everybody hates their neighbor, you know the people that are that are closer to them. Like to to me, I don't um, you know I might not be able to understand the difference between a Korean person and a Japanese person I see walking down the street. But there's a long-standing feud between the Koreans and the Japanese. They do not enjoy each other's company.
for the most part on a national level. You know, they, they do things, but there's there's a lot of animosity between them. There's a lot of history there. And um, it, it goes that way pretty much everywhere. You know, people don't like their immediate neighbors because they have history and they have bad blood. But to a person off the street, you'd be looking at something like this and wondering, well, they're, they're all wearing makeup. Why don't they all get along? Yeah. You know, it's, it's like the funny, there's a schism in the, in the KKK as to, you know, well, you're backing away. I'm not touching that one, man. Well, no, there's... I'm not touching that one. There's a schism in the KKK as to whether or not minorities should be eliminated or relocated. And I think they got bigger fish to fry as a group. There's a huge schism in the Bigfoot community between people that like the footage. I don't remember the name of the tape. I spent my childhood researching the name of that tape. But you know the super famous tape of the female Bigfoot walking by by the riverbed. And turns and looks at the camera. There's a huge schism between Bigfoot people as to whether or not that's real or fake. And that strikes me as hilarious that a group as niche to, you know, the layman as the Bigfoot community would have a schism in it. And it strikes me that way between clowns and rodeo clowns. And and mimes. And every time... (laughs) And when I see this film, it just reminds me of that, and it just it tickles me pink. It, it makes me so happy. Yeah. like you just Because it's, it's true. Yeah. You, you see that everywhere, and it's just, you got bigger fish to fry, people. You should all be working together for some common thing, except the KKK. You stay schisms. <laughs> but, you know, you guys should all be working together to try to, you know, solve some other problem. You have more similarities than differences, and yet you're all fighting. And yeah. that rings true to me, and that makes me laugh. It's just like a game. Now, I've, I've heard, I've read somewhere when I was researching this movie that Bobcat based that off of schisms on how comedians stay in their circles. And I don't know anything more specific than that when I was looking it up. But um, I think you hit the nail on the head. And uh, I think it's hilarious. Yeah. Every, you know, it's like every time they see a mime, they just like... Yeah, no, the, the mimes and clowns don't mix. Mime and just go there. So later in the film, when Shakes is... Uh, he's trying to stay low, incognito, undercover. Um, his girlfriend, Judy, suggests that the best place to lay low, where no one would be able to find him, is the mime school. So he walks into the mime school and he's not dressed right. He's wearing underwear outside of his pants. And they go in and you hear a voice of the mime teacher. And they kind of foreshadow him. They say he's just came from France. You know, he's the big kahuna of the mimes. Mm-hmm. You know, he's the boss mime. The instructor of the mime school. And you hear, you hear his voice going in and it sounds familiar, but you don't know from where but you know you know it and then it changes and then you think you know but you don't want to say for sure because this movie had no budget and no money so how can this be and then they show him in beautiful mime makeup we got robin williams in this yeah. film yeah that was he's, he's maybe in it five minutes but it's a great little cameo and uh i heard he actually went to mime school for this cameo they actually really? did mime work for a little bit i love that guy <laughs> to show up in this yeah and you know at this point after Robin Williams has passed. It's a little sad to see him, but it's nice when you're watching a movie where, you know, you think you know what's going to happen, and all of a sudden you run into Robin Williams. (laughs) And his character is vain, stuck up, 
you know, he, he runs these mimes. Well, and it's one of the things it. they talked about earlier when they were yeah. fighting the mimes. Was that one yeah. mime was like, I'm an artist. That's why you don't like me. Yeah, you you know? don't like us because we're artists. Yeah. You know, he he believes he's doing great work. And meanwhile, yeah. all these, you know, white-faced goons are just kind of yeah. pamming around. No disrespect to mimes, but I think they just hired the saddest sack of extras they could find <laughs> and painted them up. Because um, it, it does not look good at all. They they look more like clowns than the clowns do. The clowns look sad and depressed. These mimes look like complete and total goofs. Yeah. And and they make you realize why the clowns hate them so much. Because they really do look stupid. <laughs> um, and Robin Williams, he's giving them instruction terribly. He's... He's running this mime school like a gym. He's just going through poses and, and motions. And he's, he's more or less showing off, is my opinion. And it just happens that a lot of people are mimicking him. <laughs> and there's a point where he's doing that when he realizes that, you know, Shakes isn't doing things right. And uh, from the beginning, he singled him out. He called him up to, to do his motions next to him. You're going to be my little helper. Yeah, you know, and he makes... He makes him stand up there and do the motions, and, and Shakes doesn't know what the hell he's doing. And he's he's floundering, and meanwhile, Robin Williams is getting more and more pissed, and he's all like, you a clown? You know. And he's like, no, no, I'm not a clown. And I thought they'd, like, ramp that up, but he just let it drop, yeah. more or less. Um, but, yeah. Um, I really enjoyed that part. Yeah, it's a great little... I think little, he did good at miming, too. He wasn't yeah. bad. And um, towards the end, it's an interesting little note because uh, Shakes gets his TV show, and he invites the mime. He invites Robin Williams out on out on stage with him, but it, you know the other clowns aren't aware, so they try to attack him. But um, I think it's interesting that he tried to make peace with the mimes. You know, gave him an olive branch. Yeah. Maybe not worked out, but um, I'm, yeah, start somewhere. Yeah. yeah. So these are. Those are pretty much my favorite things in the movie. There is a line in there, and it only caught on with me. I don't think it's caught on with every any other person in the human race that's ever seen this film, but there's a line in this film that just it fills me with joy when I hear it. And I think it's because if you're insulting somebody but you don't want to be go too far, you might call them a clown, or you might call them a dope. Or, you know, something benign like that. But um, there's a scene and uh, Binky, some rodeo clowns and his two henchmen, they're doing cocaine. And it's and the boss runs into them doing cocaine and that's why he's beaten to death with a juggling club. Because he, he's seen too much. So he walks in on them and he says, hey, you clowns are on dope. And I don't know what it is, but that line fills me with joy. Uh, it's like a mix. I say it all the time. Hey, you clowns are on dope. Yeah. Since I've seen this film, I've been saying that to my coworkers, just around the street. Just how do they feel about it? Um, they look at me with the same vacant stares you guys currently are. It's, oh, yeah. It has it. It will never catch on. It won't catch on. But it's it's mine, and I'm I'm taking it. It's mine now, forever. So that'll just be my. Uh, it's mine now. Yeah, it's mine now. Um. See, another fun sequence uh, I'd like to mention. The clowns also try to infiltrate the Broken Saddle, which is the rodeo clown bar. And uh, there's not much to the sequence. They just get kicked out and, you know, beaten up. But there's not a, there's not a whole lot to it. But um, Shakes walks up. And the rodeo clowns say, hey, we haven't seen you around there. And he's just like, oh, we're from the east. Like, I'm from back east and I ain't never seen you. 
we're from the Middle East. And then they proceed to get their butts kicked again. But then as that scene ends, the rodeo clowns are talking to them and they say falafel eating freaks. Like they actually bought that story. Hey, could have worked. Which is clever. But um, here's my here's my question to you guys. Because I've... I've spent this time talking about reasons to watch it, and the reasons to not watch it are just scattered throughout. There are just some things in this movie that don't work, that I'm not going to bore you with. But do you guys, where do you guys fall on that? What do you mean? Well, do you think, I'm, I'm saying you should watch it, and I don't think it's a good film. In fact, I think it's a bad film. But I think that the good outweighs the bad. And I'm wondering if you guys feel the same. Well, when you go deeper into it, it's nice to actually like hear a little deeper meaning behind mm-hmm. it, you know? Like I feel like when I watch it, I don't have the insight that probably you do. Or Well, there's, there's not really a deeper meaning to the film. There's just a lot of things that I can relate to, being a drunk clown myself. Yeah. Only I don't put on makeup or drink. That's just who I am. Yeah. One of two. I'm on. <laughs> In this uh, group of hosts. Right. One of us is down. What do you, what do you think? You're kind of silent on the subject. Well, I don't know. Because, like, I like the movie. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, like, I mean, I like clowns. I think if you don't like clowns, this movie is going to be yeah, kind true. of a waste of time. That's yeah. true. Oh, there's... Because, like, is it funny enough to break past what it is? I don't know about that. But, like, if you like that type of humor, you're going to like the movie, right? Because, like, a lot of it's contingent on you liking clowns. That's correct. And I would definitely say if you're scared of clowns, don't watch this movie. No, Tom Kenny will put you in your grave. Yeah, so don't do that. That would be a bad idea. Well, that's that's another thing I'd like to mention. So, I was was watching a documentary on murderers, as you do. And, um, I mean, I do see you, so I understand. <laughs> if, I, I don't know. Since, like, there's whole channels dedicated to murder shows. Yeah. So I don't think it's that out of line for people to watch murder. Yeah. People, people are interested in that kind of thing. Yeah. And um, they were talking about uh, Pogo the Clown. Yeah, which is John Wayne Gacy. John Wayne Gacy. And Pogo the Clown, you know, he's got pictures of him. And he never murdered anybody in a clown suit, as far as anybody knows. He was just a murderer who happened to be a clown. But they had a professional clown on talking about it, and Pogo has sharp triangles around his eyes. They come to points. And the clown said, real clowns don't have any points in their face makeup because it frightens children. It's only round shapes. And um, Shakes, he's got little triangles under his eyes, but they're, they're a little muted. Yeah. And um, all the good guys, they have round points. They don't have any any sharp edges to them. Meanwhile, Tom Kenny, his smile comes into two blades, and he's got a sharp diagonal green diamond on his nose, and two sharp ones over his eyes, and he looks sinister. His two friends, their their mouth makeup is muted, and one of them, he's got a big green afro, but I like the touch that his chest hair is also dyed green. That's something that... I noticed that I enjoy, <laughs> I didn't that. but um, their eyebrows are sharp squares, so they're not you know as menacing as as Binky is. Yeah. 
but um, I thought that that was a good touch that they they stuck with the clown code or whatever that would be. Yeah, they probably had so, a consultant, like a clown yeah. consultant. Well, if I was making a clown movie, I'd make sure to get my ducks in a row. Yeah, yeah definitely. Well, if people have master's degree in clown, so. I was just about to say, man, like, why, what did we do with our lives? <laughs> they call it clown. That's what it is. Masters in clown. Well, yeah, I'd like to walk around and say I got a PhD in clowning. Right? It's pretty badass. It's a real thing. It's like, you know, it's like one of those things that I'd like to do, but I don't want to put any effort into. Yeah. Like, like I want to go online and pay 40 bucks and become a rabbi. Yeah, because like you can do that. Yeah. Exactly. Like you walk around, give people a business card that say, you know, Rabbi whatever on it. Yeah, because it's like it's super easy. Like if you want to marry people, it's super exactly. easy to get like a certificate to be able to do that. Hey, Rabbi yeah. Dutch. <laughs> rabbi Dutch, for all your uh, Hasidic clogging needs. <laughs> I don't know. Wow. I don't know those words. Oh. Not smart. Well. <laughs> I might break it down. <laughs> Clogging is a dance. It's not. I don't think it's necessarily specific to the Netherlands, but I do believe it's uh, something that you have to do in wooden shoes. Yeah. I don't think you can clog dance without wooden shoes. And uh, I don't exactly know enough to talk about a definition for Hasidic. Um, I want to say it's it's Orthodox light, but I'm not sure. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I could Google it. I'm probably coming off pretty ignorant right now, but I don't ex exactly know what Hasidic means. I just know it has uh, Jew. Zionistic properties. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so you know the more correct way to say <laughs> Well, like, I, I heard a comedian saying this once. Like, Jew, it's the only word that he knows of that can refer to a person in a benign way or a mean way. I know, isn't depending, that weird? Depending on the emphasis, it's like, oh, he's a Jew, or oh, he's a Jew. Yeah. You know, like depending on how sharp you make that word, yeah. It could come off as as uh yeah, friendly very, or yeah. anti-Semitic. <laughs> that's a fun That's not what I'm trying to get to, but right, do we have the The description sounds really Yeah. Technical. It arose as oh, Hasidism arose as a spiritual revival movement in contemporary Western Ukraine during the 18th century. Today most of so That's like fiddler in the roof territory. That movie's awesome. I haven't seen it all the way through. Dude, I've, I've seen it. it. I've seen it from beginning to end, bits and pieces. But I don't think I've seen Fiddler on the Roof just sat down and like watched. Dude, it. I got it. You can watch it sometime. I I don't have the time, and I wanted oh, to right. buy it, but I don't have that kind of cash. But let me assure you, if I were a rich man, I would buy Fiddler on the Roof. I'm guessing that's a reference. Turn on. He's off the podcast. I'm kicking him oh. out. Is that a future podcast episode? No, no. No, I think it's too popular. Yeah. Oh, okay. I but just you know, heard some, it. You know, someday I'll it. see it. Yeah. yeah Might be a couple know? sunrise and sunsets, but, you know, I'll watch it eventually. You know what? Let's uh, make each other a pledge. I can't work on those conditions, man. I can't do it. <laughs> Instead of kicking him out, I'm out. I'm just kicking <laughs> yourself out? Yeah. You're, uh, what do they call it? I'm retiring after nine episodes. Retiring. It's been a good, it's been a good run. Like... <laughs> Right. I picked at least it? half the movies, so I mean, <laughs> I've, left, I've left my fingerprints all over this project. So, <laughs> so um, yeah, so there's there's a lot in this movie that I really enjoy, but um, there's there's not enough that I can recommend it to everybody. I yeah, can't I say average Joe off the street watch this movie, you'll enjoy it. You have to go in with a very specific mindset. You cannot have 
high expectations walking in. You have to have yeah. low to no expectations. You have to think it's bad or you have to have no opinion. And um, there are there are parts I don't think it really knows what what it wants to be all the time. It doesn't deliver a clear message. It's always kind of muddled. Mm. Like, I understand it's a story of redemption, but there's a lot of just junk going on that has nothing to do with anything that just really derails the plot every time it comes up. There is a plot. Yeah. It's it's fairly loose. A drunk clown gets framed for murder. You know, that's good enough. You can make a story around that, but the there are cops bantering, and there's just... There's just silly things going on all around that yeah. kind of just detract. Now, um, I believe, I think it was Leonard Leonard Malton. He's a he's a film critic. Um, he once said that this was the Citizen Kane of drunk clown movies. I'm not sure how many drunk clown I don't movies think there's there a are. Lot. <laughs> yeah, well, I think there's probably a couple. I don't know. Because not that you I know, can think of. Yeah, I don't. But. Um, I think that that's pretty good praise yeah. as far as that go. I haven't seen enough clown movies to really, you know, judge it in the scale of clown movies. Yeah. Um, you know what I'd like to really see someday? The Day the Clown Qu- Cried. Oh, yeah. That would be fun. <laughs> I don't think anybody's watching that. <laughs> I think Harry Shearer saw it. Yeah. The Simpsons yeah, voice he's, actors. He's the guy that everyone talks about. Yeah. yeah. I love it. You always uh, go Simpsons, and I'm like, I go Spinal Tap. <laughs> still haven't seen Spinal Tap. I love Spinal Tap. Um, the Day the Clown Cried is completely removed from Shakes the Clown, but uh, Jerry Lewis, a uh, famous uh, comedic actor yeah. from way back, then, then, way back when, made a comedy film about a uh, clown during the Holocaust. And um, it's very... He, he had the clout and the power for it not to be released... Yeah. Um, he basically buried it. I've heard rumors that it will be available to view sometime in like twenty twenty. Yeah, that's what I heard too. Or something. Yeah. But it's um, like after a certain amount of time. Yeah. Yeah, it's just one of those one of those Hollywood legends of just a film that nobody's seen. Yeah. So um, I'd I'd be interested to watch that someday. It's, yeah. It's far and removed from Shakes the Clown, but uh, you know, on the subject of clowning, it's still fascinating to watch stuff like that, though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like I, I wonder, I wonder if it's like along the lines of of life is beautiful. Yeah, I, I know, know life is beautiful is a little polarizing in the Jewish community, but I saw the first half of it in eighth grade, and I'm qualified to say by that review that it was funny. I never watched it. I don't know either. I I haven't seen it all the way through as an adult. Yeah, life is beautiful is another Holocaust film that's partially a comedy, just yeah. for our audience. So yeah, regarding this one, what were you saying about the? The camera shots and all that. Yeah, amazing. speaking of the Holocaust, let's talk about the camera shots. <laughs> yeah, that's an odd transition. <laughs> we got to transition somehow. Yes, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that was necessarily the way to do yeah, it. Yeah, there, there are some shots that are just hard to look at. They're close, they're claustrophobic. Some of the makeup is um, just disgusting. There's, there's, And I, I think that's on purpose. I think that these down-on-their-luck drunken clowns that make up the bar and the patrons of the Twisted Balloon, you know, they're, it's a lot of old people, really washed up, people with odd body shapes, weird-looking people, and I think that's the point. Yeah. You know, these are this is where all the, the clowns get together to have their drinks, where all the funny men come, and they're just kind of old and, and spent and worn. And just... But everything's lit in this... Like urine yellow in the in the bar, 
And I think it's just supposed to not make you feel good, but there's a lot of scenes in here that I don't feel like that's appropriate. Like, I understand having certain shots, but sometimes the whole thing is lit that way. And they have a lot of, as I said earlier, claustrophobic angles where they're right up in the face and there's, there's no room at all. And I think that was a matter of necessity versus a matter of actually, you know, getting a, the, the shot that would be appropriate. Yeah. Because some, some of the lines are, are comedy. And then also, as I mentioned earlier, I think, I don't know, like 30% of the dialogue was ad-libbed. I think there's a lot of that stuff in there where they just let supporting characters talk to each other. And I think it was totally off the cuff, which is fine. And you can have you can have great moments with that. But as it doesn't make the film hold together very well. It's kind of all over the place. There's like some dark, serious moments in the middle. It never gets darker, I think, even even during the murder. I don't think it ever gets darker than, than Shakes going through withdrawals in the passenger seat of a car. Um, and then. And, and, you know, and then he gets drunk at a kid's birthday party and starts knocking everything over. Yeah. Um, yeah, he couldn't do it. Yeah, that so. So I'm. I wonder. I wonder if that was because of its of its direction or because of its writing. I think it's direction, because I think the actors were just doing what felt right in the scene, and nobody said, "Yeah, I don't think we should go that way. We got to kind of stick to this." So, um, that might be part of the problem. But I think there was, there was enough of a vision there. There was enough of an idea, and there are enough sequences that are really good and really well put together. Yeah. But. It's not held together by anything. It just kind of moves on from from piece to piece without really worrying about it, and um, it just it just makes for kind of a subpar film, all things considered. Yeah. But the moments of uh, the comedy and just how low can this person go do make it very entertaining. So I'd say for for the fun and the surprises, it's it's worth a watch. Yeah. Once, and then if you if you love it, then you love it. If you didn't, I'm sorry. So do you, do we want to grade it, or is there anything else you want to add? No, I, I think that's pretty much it. All right. What's your what's your grade here? Well, when I grade a film, I try to think of it overall, but I also try to think of what it is for the movie that it is. Like for 1.5 million, you know the comedy director going for this angle of an alcoholic clown how good of a movie could you make under those conditions how like you know it's not going to be the godfather or anything so so with that considered of that that class of film give it oh man i want to go c minus d plus i don't want to be i don't want to go d plus because that seems yeah. too bad but then some of those things in the middle make it hard for me to give it a C, but I think in the end, with the effort and time you put into it, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go C minus. All right, Tomas. I'll stick it in numerical scale. We can't change the scale, man. We have to keep to one. All right, and we've done the fucking letters the whole time, so it's. I'm around the same place as right. Dutch. Probably like a D plus for me. Okay, so he's like at a at a like six point eight. Numerically, <laughs> whatever, man. You guys are like, it's. I don't know, man. I'm just being too. I'll stick with the letters because we've been doing letters, but yeah. I don't. I don't mind. I don't know, man. I don't. What know. do you got? I just all right. I appreciate the movie. 
you know. Yeah. It's like shitty and it's gritty and I get it. Like they're going and they did their aesthetic thing. Yeah. But like I felt it was kind of like disjointed, you know. Yes. Like I feel like we're watching scene to scene to scene instead mm-hmm. of like a you know where you flow with the yeah. story. Mm-hmm. You know. I don't want to go bad, so I'll just I'll be nice and I'll be like it was a B. That's your first B. I know. Wow. Because I wasn't like really blown away. Man. Okay. All right. Fair I enough. I think I just like expected more. Yeah, uh-huh. I was like, I, I wanted to like go, yeah, but it just wasn't like overwhelming. Like in any, no one thing in the movie. Yeah, for I me didn't, I didn't see any big laughs out of you when I was watching. Yeah. I was expecting some, some moments where you were, but that, yeah, yeah that never. Came. No, it was good, but it wasn't like there was nothing that made me go, oh man, like you know, there's like nothing for me to like fight for this movie for. I understand. So I'll go B. Yeah. I appreciate the Robin Williams part, though. Yeah, was that was great. Yeah. Well, you know, I inflicted this on you guys. I'm glad for your, your honest opinions. Yeah. Um, I wanted to see wh- how you guys felt about it, because I know we usually do films that I think are good. Yeah. And this one I didn't feel about, but I thought, you know, right crowd, right audience, maybe the right amount of alcohol, you could have a good time. <laughs> but <laughs> And then maybe not. I don't Absolutely. know. Uh-huh. But, um, Maybe it's the problem because none of us drink, you know. That's true. <laughs> that's, that's it. I don't even drink tea, so I can't even be a teetotaler. I don't even know. So. All right, man, we good? We're good. We're going to wrap, wrap it up. Wrap it up. All right. All right have cool. You guys have a good one. All right. See you on the next Remember one. to be down to clown. Yeah, man. Bye. Bye. Three, two, Binky. Good morning, kid. I'm up with the sun. It's time for games, laughs, and cartoon fun. Come on and join in. Pinky's my name. I'm living life in the fun lane. So hop on.